Our scripture for this morning comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. What makes a credible witness? What makes somebody credible enough for us to believe their testimony? I had to look this up because I didn't know all the ramifications, legal ramifications of witnessing, but there's a lot to it, apparently. In the law of evidence, a credible witness is a person making testimony in a court or other tribunal or acting otherwise as a witness whose credibility is unimpeachable. A witness may have more or less credibility, or no credibility at all. Now that completely blew my mind because I thought to be a witness you had to be credible. But apparently there are people that get up to give witnesses, to give testimonies that are not credible. And I'll give you an example because I, I, I really struggle with that. What does it mean to not be a credible witness? Well, you get a report that somebody broke into a house across the street and, and they interviewed a neighbor and the police came and took their testimony. And the neighbor said that she saw somebody following this description and they, they arrested somebody that followed that description. The only problem is that upon further interview, they discovered that the neighbor wore glasses and didn't have them on that they were nearsighted and couldn't see far away. And so their testimony completely fell apart. Why? Because nobody could really believe that they could tell who was breaking in next door because they couldn't see well enough for that. It was not credible. It was what they call impeachable testimony. And so to be a credible witness, you have to be believable. That means that a witness testifies to something publicly that they actually experienced or saw or were a part of. You can't just hear it from your cousin or the neighbor or somebody else. You actually have to see it, experience it, or be a part of it in order to be a witness. And as I look further into what it means to be a witness, I discovered that in law, there's actually three types of main witnesses. There's a lay witness, which is the most common type of witness, which is a person who 
watch certain events and then tells what happened and they write it down and take a, a documentation of the event. An expert witness, this is the person that studied a specific discipline to know more about that discipline than other people. They know a lot more about that subject and they can speak to that subject with some knowledge. And that's your expert witness. And then there's a third, a character witness. Now, a character witness might have not been there for the crime or seen the crime or even been anywhere near the crime. But they get on the stand to talk about the victim or the defendant accused of the crime because they know something about the person's character or their, their way of acting or their way of behaving. They know the person and they can speak to their character. And I said, these witnesses have to be credible. They have to be unimpeachable in order for their testimony to stand. And if their testimony is not believable, it gets thrown out as not being true or not being acceptable or admissible in court. So why do I tell you this about witnessing and testimonies? Because today's scripture tells us that God testifies about his son. That God the Father has been telling us about Jesus over and over again throughout the history of the world. Not just when he was here, even before that in the Old Testament, even in creation, even throughout all of the episodes of Israel, we are hearing testimony by God the Father about God the Son. And that that testimony is important because it is believable and it is true. Basically, we have to know that God's testimony is faithful if we're going to trust it. We have to know that his words are meaningful and that his promises are true. We have to believe them because we know who is giving these words, God the Father. So let's look at the record briefly just in Jesus' life and right before it. Do you remember the testimony that God gave to Mary through the angel Gabriel and the Annunciation? Before Jesus was even born, God tells Mary that this is going to be his son, that she will name him Jesus because he will be great and he will inherit the throne of David. This is before Jesus is even incarnate, before he comes. God is already testifying to who he is. Do you remember what happened at Jesus' baptism? God again testifies to who Jesus is. He says, this is my own dear son with whom I am well pleased. Throughout Jesus' life, Jesus did many miracles. Each one of those miracles testified to the power of God that was in him and with him. That he was God's son, able to even bring the dead back to life. You remember Lazarus? How many times did Jesus do a miracle? And how many times did we see him go before the Father in prayer and ask God to grant the miracle? 
Do you remember the feeding of the 5,000 when they only had a few loaves and fishes? What did Jesus do? He blessed it. He gave it to God and said, make it enough for all these people that are here. And what did God do? God testified to the fact that he was his son by granting that miracle. Maybe you remember the transfiguration when Jesus appeared with Elijah and Moses. And then a cloud overtook the whole mountain. And then the words were uttered. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. That was God testifying to the fact that out of all the voices that you will hear in your life, the one voice that counts is the voice of Jesus. The one voice that needs to be loudest is Jesus's. God was basically saying, you're going to hear a lot of confusing voices in your life. You're going to hear the enemy tell you lies that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or you can't make it. You're going to hear lies from the world that possessions and material things are what define you. You're going to hear all kinds of words that are not my words. Listen to my son. His testimony is the one that matters. His words are the ones you need to listen to. God continued to testify to who Jesus was throughout his life. And even in his death, God testified to him. Do you remember what happened when Jesus was crucified? The whole world got dark. And it was still daytime. And at that moment, the temple veil ripped. You know, that's a great testimony because God was basically saying through the sacrifice of my son on the cross, I have broken the veil and now there's direct access to God the Father. And it was all done through my son. He is the one that made this happen. There are so many testimonies in scripture about who Jesus is and what has gone on. In, in his life. Apologize. Why do I tell you this? Because the testimony that we're hearing about Jesus is good and worthy to be received. It is the truth of God that has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Why? Because God fulfilled his promises of salvation for the world in his son, Jesus Christ. God fulfilled his promises of bringing salvation to the entire world, not just Israel, but all the world through one man, Jesus Christ on the cross. God was basically giving a witness to what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. So if you think about it, God really fulfills all three types of witnesses I mentioned at the beginning. He was a lay witness in the sense that God was, is, and will always be. There is nothing outside of God's knowledge, understanding, and experience. Did you know that? There is nothing that you can say or do that God doesn't know 
There is nothing that happens that God does not see. And there's nothing that God does not understand. You know, that is mind-blowing. That's the kind of stuff that makes your mind go the fact that there is simply nothing outside. So he's a lay witness because he's seen it all, he's been it all, and he will be it all for eternity. But he's also an expert witness. Why? Because he made everything that you have and you see and even that which you cannot see. God created the heavens and the earth and everything in between. God is the ruler of the whole universe, of everything that exists. And so he's an expert on everything about us. God is an expert when it comes to us and the created order. If anybody can testify to a way to be saved, it is God who made the way for us to be saved in Jesus. And finally, he is a character witness. Why? Does anybody know Jesus better than God himself? No. Because we know that Jesus and God are part of the Holy Trinity with the Holy Spirit. We know that they commune with each other. You know, when we read the Apostles' Creed and other declarations of faith, we hear that, that Jesus and the Father of the same substance, those words were chosen carefully to try to signify that nobody knows Jesus better than the Father, and nobody knows the Father better than Jesus. That is why Jesus was able to turn to the people and say, if you know me, you know the Father, because I am with the Father, and the Father is with me. He was basically testifying to the Father as the Father testifies to him. When we hear these things, we just have to realize that God is the perfect witness for the Son. And that throughout Jesus' life, as Jesus was testifying to the Father, the Father was testifying about Jesus. And if you read your scripture and you start pointing out the many times that God singled Jesus out as his son, his beloved, his chosen, his savior, his bringer of peace, his Messiah, all of these titles that God gave him, God was basically saying, this is the one you need to listen to and this is the one who will testify to me and to my kingdom. Why is this important? Because we have all kinds of sources out there trying to tell us what things are and what they aren't. You know, if you ask a child right now a question, they will turn to their device and Google it. And unfortunately, when you Google it, you'll get a definition, but it's not always the spiritual definition. It's not always the godly definition. It's not always the Christian definition. It is sometimes a very generic definition. You look up Jesus and you find the historical Jesus, but you don't find the Son of God who redeemed the sin of the world. You don't find the full fleshed incarnation of God made flesh who dwelt among us. You don't find the spiritual sense of him bringing life to the dead and bringing people out of darkness. You miss a lot when your only source of information is Google or the internet. 
and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The author of 1 John was writing these things to believers. He says, I write to you who believe in the Son of God. I write to you because I want you to understand that if you have accepted Jesus, if you have welcomed Jesus, then you have welcomed the Father. And if you have welcomed the Father, you have life, Jesus Christ. You have received salvation through faith and through grace. Whose testimony are you listening to? Which voice in the world gets your ear? Is it the voice of Jesus trying to affirm that you are a child of God who has been redeemed by grace? Or is it the enemy's voice trying to put you down or make you doubt? There are simply too many voices out there. That is the reason why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, I hate that he sounded a little bit like an infomercial at nighttime that says you can only get this here, not sold in stores, you know. I mean, he sounded just like that, but, but what he was saying was you can't get this anywhere else. Salvation is not available through other means. There's only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. So we need to hear what he has to say. We need to hear his testimony. Because you just can't get salvation by studying a lot of books, taking a class on Jesus in seminary, or doing your own feel-good New Age religion. There is a lot of that going around. Just feel good about yourself. Be one with the universe. No. I want to be one with Jesus. I want to be one with the one who gave his life for me on the cross. You know, as somebody who went to seminary, I can tell you that after you go through seminary, you realize how little you know about God. You begin to realize the immensity of God, the, the, the supremeness of God, the over bearing knowledge and power of God and you begin to feel about that big and that's a good thing because it means that you are coming to understand that your salvation is completely dependent on the grace and the mercy of an all powerful and loving and merciful God So the only question that remains is, do you believe God's testimony? Do you find God's testimony credible in your life? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died not just for the whole world, but for you and for your sins and for your life so that you might have a new life in him? You see, we have to ask ourselves, do we believe in the resurrection? Because if we don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, then we have no hope of resurrection. And if we don't believe that God's promises are true, then like Paul says, we are the most to be pitied. Because then we would just be spinning our wheels. Do we believe the testimony of God? That life is found in Jesus. That redemption 
is found in Jesus. That new life is found in Jesus. Why do I ask you those things? Because like the author of 1 John, I want you to know something. I want you to know that if you believe the testimony of God, and you have accepted Jesus Christ and invited him into your heart as your Savior, then you are saved, and you are going to heaven. You are saved. You are redeemed. You are part of the chosen. God has gone through Jesus Christ to prepare a place for you so that where he is, you may be also. Case closed. Shut the door. It's over. The jury is in. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and you accepted that fact. And because of your faith, there is a place prepared for you. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have not accepted the testimony of God about who Jesus is. And one of the main reasons they haven't accepted it is because they find it hard to believe. They find it incredible that a God so great and powerful would come down to be one of us and die to save our lives. Given that reality, it, it, it means that we have to give them our testimony of what God has done in our lives. Because our testimony, a lot of times, will be more relatable to them. Because if they can see it happen in us, and they can see what God has done in us, it will encourage their faith and their belief in God. People want to know the way, the truth, and the life. But so many times they're afraid to because they don't know if they can believe. We can help them believe. We can be God's witnesses. We can be character witnesses telling them about the character of the love of God. We can be expert witnesses because we are living in the faith and we have known Jesus Christ personally. And we can definitely be lay witnesses because we are Christians that are living that redeemed life and know Jesus Christ is our Savior. I pray that we will witness, that we will go testify about the truth and never let up because there are still people that need to know Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, O oh Lord, because you continue to invite us to witness and to testify to Jesus Christ. We thank you, O oh Lord, for your faithful witness in Scripture and throughout human history that continues to tell us of your great love and of all your actions in Jesus Christ to save us. We ask you, O oh Lord, on this day that you will give us the courage to speak out boldly for Jesus, to share our testimony and our witness of what you have done in our lives, and to continue to tell others that your words are faithful and true. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. And we ask you that you will help us to silence the negative voices in our lives. 
that don't witness to Jesus in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as we go back to worship, we're going to open the altar for prayer. There's a section over here with the reserve signs that if you would like to pray by yourself, you're welcome to come there and pray by yourself. If you would like somebody in the prayer team to come pray with you, you can come to this side right here. We also want to let you know that they will ask you if you want to remain socially distanced or if you mind them touching. All of our prayer team has been vaccinated um, just for your information. Let us worship and the altar is open.